Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. So we're starting tonight for six weeks uh, on the Sermon on the Mount. I uh, don't really have any idea of what all that's going to look like. Uh, I'm going to just lean on the Holy Spirit uh, each week on kind of where he wants to go. And um, But... The Lord challenged us as a church, and so if you miss Sunday, I want to I want to bring you into this. But uh, God God has something for His body right now in in this message, uh, and so uh, He's kind of challenged us, uh, and I'm challenging you as a family that along with your devotion time and whatever you're in right now in your personal journey in the Word with Him. Uh, I, I'm challenging this whole house that we would read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 all the way through once every day through October for the rest of the month. It doesn't take very long, and I promise you that even on that last day, if you pray before you read it and you ask the Holy Spirit for revelation, it will, it will go deeper and deeper and deeper every day, especially as we're coming together on Wednesdays and Sundays and God's bringing more into it. But um, uh, I, I wouldn't do that if I didn't feel like I knew that's what he's wanted. So he's got something for us in there. Amen. We're going to grab a hold of it. So make that, make, get, get that disciplined in you. Uh, whether you do it in the morning or in the evening or what have you, but do it when you have time to really focus and listen to what he's saying. And just, I'm telling you, it's powerful, guys. It's so powerful. So let's do that. So uh, so I did the introduction to this Sunday morning. And so if you weren't here, uh, I would encourage you to go, to go back uh, this week before next Wednesday and just listen to Sunday's sermon so that you can get that. that don't miss a meal. How many of you don't miss a meal normally? Amen. So don't don't miss a meal, and uh, and grab that so you can you can get where we're at. But uh, here are just a few highlights. Um, but uh, I mainly just Sunday felt inspired to speak to you about the eight beatitudes and how they are a blueprint, like Jesus's blueprint for us living out a kingdom lifestyle. Okay, which are so powerful. And then, and then Jesus gives in that sermon, in those three chapters, um, there's so much more, but I'm highlighting just a few things. But he gives six temptations that he knew that we were going to have to resist. And I kind of, I, I, I gave you what those were Sunday. I just didn't break each of them down too much. But so we got the eight Beatitudes. The blueprint for a kingdom lifestyle. We've got the six, six temptations that he said that we're going to need to resist with the help of the Holy Spirit so we can have our eyes on those things. And then he gifted us. He gifted us with the five spiritual disciplines that we need that will empower us to not only resist the temptations, but to be able to live out 
the eight Beatitudes. Amen? And so he's so good. He's given us, guys, what we need. And we just got to step into it, right? He never left us blind, and he's never left us empty-handed. He's, he's put it right there in front of us, and we, 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 we lack and don't experience so much of what he has for us because we, we're not fully in his design here. So this is what he's calling us into. Isn't that so good? We'll look a little bit deeper in the weeks to come into the... Um, into the temptations, and then also into the the the, the five disciplines that he gave us, and uh, I, I kind of had planned to jump in there tonight. Um, and uh, Pastor Jim, I believe, at the beginning of the year, took time, and he actually spoke uh, on the eight beatitudes. I think he took one a week, and so I'm like, well, Lord, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna state those and move on. But as I open up in my prayer, we'll read these every day of our life and he'll show us more about them. So I felt like he stopped me and said, I want to say some things about these beatitudes before you move on. So I'm going to be obedient and we're going to talk about the first four tonight. Then we'll talk about the last four next week, and then we'll, we'll go on into the sermon from there and get into the temptations and the disciplines and some of the other aspects of this whole sermon and, and, and the heart of the Lord in his message to the multitude of disciples that were gathered around that mountain. Amen? So turning your Bible to Matthew in chapter 5, let's just read this real quick, and then I'll, I'll try to get going here so I can get through these four, which... You guys know me will be a challenge, but I will do my best. So Matthew in chapter 5. Amen. Can I just, I'm just going to say things as I'm going that I feel like I need to say. Never let familiar scripture become familiar. You've never exhausted it. So there's so many so much of the scripture, different passages that we've heard over and over again, it's like, oh, I know that I got that. No, we don't have it. We won't ever fully have it. There's always another layer to it. So as we read this, read this, read this fresh, read this new, invite the Holy Spirit to show you new things. You ready? Matthew 5 and 1, seeing the multitudes. Jesus went up on this, on the mountain. and He was seated his disciples come to him, and then Jesus opened up his mouth, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. How many of you know if Jesus says something, he means it? All we got to do is do it. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy, and blessed are the pure in heart, they're going to see God. Man, blessed are the peacemakers, they'll be called sons of God. <laughs> what an aim, huh? Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Let's just stop right there. So we're going to walk through these, and we've heard these things, and Jim taught on them, and I'm going to teach on them. And Jim will probably teach on them again, and maybe Pastor Jason, and then maybe me again, and we'll repeat that. And each time I feel like we're going to learn new things about what this looks like. So I just kind of want to walk through this just a little bit here and share some things. But um, before we talk about this first one, these eight Beatitudes, guys, they, they aren't just something that, that we're supposed to do. Um, they're not just a standard for maturity. Uh, I, I, I truly believe they are actually our inheritance, that it is our inheritance to walk in this kind of freedom. I believe it is. As sons and daughters, as boarding and believers, I believe it's our inheritance to walk in this kind of freedom to fulfill the eight Beatitudes. They, and ultimately, I think what you'll see in this is they're not anything that we can produce. It's part of our inheritance, and they are, they are, the, they are the result of the power of God working in our lives as we step in obedience to his blueprint and his design. Amen? Okay. Um, so let's just dig, dig into these first four. All right. So the first one that we have here in verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Well, I don't know about you, but if it says blessed are, I want to know what that looks like because I want to fit in that category. I want to be blessed. I want his favor. I want all that he has for me. So what, what does this mean? These are like, you just read through these scriptures, say, that's really pretty. Y'all blessed are the poor in spirit. But what does it mean? What does that look like in our, every, in our everyday life? And this is kind of what we're going kind of to dig into. Um, I did kind of talk about this a little bit Sunday, so I won't spend a whole lot of time on it tonight. But that word blessed it's, it's, all, it's down here on each of the eight Beatitudes. He begins each one of them with blessed. So blessed, when you really look into that word, it means vibrant in spirit. It's vibrancy. It is vibrant in heart. It is, it's full of life. I like to look at it as being passion-filled. So vibrant, vibrant. There will be a vibrancy in those who are poor in spirit. Okay? So we want that vibrancy. How many know there's enough dullness going around, right? And then we're just blending in with the world. How many know we're supposed to be a light? We're supposed to be salty. That's the, that's the blessed. That's the vibrancy that's, that's, that you cannot produce on your own. It only comes out of your obedience of coming in alignment with these beatitudes, okay? So for the church to be vibrant, we're going to have to do it God's way. But as we are uh, blessed or vibrant, salty, are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so poor in spirit. Um, help, me, help me with this, Lord. Poor in spirit. It means that we live with an awareness of our great lack and need for his presence and power in our life. Like, even as we gain that and experience that, we still see being poor in spirit that there's more. There's more. 
there's more. And that desire grows. And the key is, is that, we, that we see it, that we recognize it. No matter whether or not we've been saved for six months or a year or 20 years and we're 98 and we've served him since we were eight years old, it doesn't matter. If you're 90 years old into it, there should still be this poor in spirit that we're stepping into that knows that there's more of him that he has for us and more for him to experience, and we see that. Amen? So a person who is poor in spirit um, uh, uh, says, I, I see the spiritual wealth. I can see the spiritual wealth. I can, I, can, I can see the fullness that he has made available to me. My inheritance is a child of God, yet I see how little yet I'm actually experiencing my life, even though I've experienced a lot. Are you tracking with me? Like in comparison to all that he has, being poor in spirit continues to see the more that he has and the more that each of us can grow in that. Amen? So, so we're, we're, we are poverty-stricken in our experience compared to the measure that he's provided. You, so people think, well, okay, then I'll never be... I'll just never be satisfied. I'll never be grateful then for what I have. And I'm like, no, not at all. Not at all. I, th I thank God that I'm not where I used to be, but I, I thank him that he's got so much for me to become. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful. How many of you are grateful? for what you've received and what you've experienced up to this point in your journey while still seeing that, that, that there's so much more to experience and to live in with him. Amen? Some of us need to grab a hold of this because it's easy to become dull and to become satisfied. Some of you came into the church in your, in your teens or in your 20s or in your 30s or maybe just recently, later on in life. Some of us were raised in church. I feel like I was, I was born on a Monday and I was probably at church on Wednesday, right? And I've been there my whole life. But I'm going to tell you what, man, I feel like I'm just getting started. He has so much more for me to experience. And so this is kind of what we're, what we're stepping into. And so, it, again, it's being grateful. It's being grateful for where you're at, what you're experiencing, and what you've received, and yet still seeing that there's so much more. So Jesus, Jesus says uh, uh, then that it's the, it's the being poor in spirit is the awareness of, of the deficiency in comparison to what he fully, fully, fully has for us. Poor, poor in spirit. And poor in spirit. Amen. The awareness, when we live with that awareness, when we're, when we're poor in spirit, it, it, no matter how long we've done it, it continues to stir up and create an urgency inside of us. Amen? An urgency. It's why, it's why 
we're all here tonight. That's why, even though if you're like me, and you've went to Wednesday night Bible study for um, how old am I? Fifty-two years or three? I forget. There's still an urgency in me. There's an urgency in me. Every time I come to preach, there's an urgency in me. Everything that I listen to and everything I read, there's an urgency in me. When I come and Pastor Jason's preaching or Pastor Jim or Lori or someone else is teaching, there's always an urgency in me because I know there's more for me to obtain in the kingdom of God. Amen? Like that's that hunger. So, so being poor in spirit, guys, it, it, it continues, to, it continues to, stir, to stir that, that up and that, that, that urgency inside of us. Amen? And it's such a, such a good thing. And, and it does it, I feel like when we're really stepping into it, it does it um, in such a way that, that whatever price, uh, whatever price there is, we'll pay it to obtain it. If I've got to stay up late, I'll pay the price. If I've got to wake up early, I'll pay the price. Come on, someone. Like there's a cost to it. And, and when we're poor in spirit, man, that cost is nothing compared to what, to what he has for us. So no matter what, you'll seek the Lord and you'll posture yourself in order for him to release more into your life. Amen? So, so the question is, is do, you see, do you see the spiritual lack compared to that which is available? Like, do you still see, no matter where you're at in this journey, the spiritual lack compared to the fullness and all that he has for us to gain? And if you see it, if you see it tonight, like, does it concern you enough to take action? Do you... Do you see it enough to take action? Do you see it enough to pay that price to wake up early or stay up later? Get here on Wednesday nights for the grounding and the teaching and the equipping and, and whatever that it might be. Like, what's it look like? This is, to me, this is poor in spirit. And poor in spirit is, is seeing. It's the, it's the seeing the deficiency and being grateful for what you've gained and then yet knowing that there's so much more to, re to, to reach for. And so it's the seeing and it's the seeking. Poor in spirit is what fuels us to continue reaching and pursuing to experience more of his fullness in our lives. Amen? And, and, and just to maybe drop this in here real quick, but the key is, is that, guys, it has to be cultivated, right? Like... Like, we have to keep seeing it. We have to keep seeing it because we live busy lives and we have families and jobs and ministries and then we, we, we begin to then do it for a long time and all these different things. And so it's got to be cultivated. We've got to keep it fresh in, in, in sight of our eyes, amen? Because if not, then we get passive. And, and, and when we get passive, like we've seen, we've seen happen so many times in the church, but none of us, other people. But we've seen it so many times in the church, and we get lukewarm. Then we, what happens when you get, you know what happens when you get lukewarm? You start to believe that you're good. You just start to believe that you're good. I'm okay. I don't need it. I have enough. 
I can miss this. I can miss that. And then, you, and then we miss more. And then all of a sudden we, we begin to think or see that, hey, you know what? We're rich. We're spiritually rich when we're actually poor. Come on, somebody. Come on. It's real life, man. This is Jesus. I'm just sharing with you what Jesus said because he knows us. He knows us so much. You know what it is, what it ends up like when we're not, when we're not poor in spirit? It's the church of Laodicea in Revelation in chapter 3, right? How good is Jesus to love on them and say, man, turn back to me. <laughs> turn back to me. Turn back to me. Okay. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you, so I'm tying in the, this promise now, and, and I want to show you something. But if, if you, Jesus is saying, if you, if you live in the flow of the kingdom, then the kingdom is already yours. To the degree that you can experience on earth, if you will, if you will, if you will, if you will live in flow by my design, if you will live in flow of the kingdom, the kingdom is already yours. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this. Some of you probably have, but again, the more that you study it, the more you see things. But if you'll notice, he says here in this verse one, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Then if you, if you look, the next six, he says, um, he says, um, uh, uh, they shall be. But the first one and the last one, he says, theirs, theirs is. So in this first beatitude, and I, I truly believe this first beatitude is foundational for the other seven. I really do. I believe everything flows out of being poor in spirit, and it puts us in that position. But Jesus said this. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, the kingdom of heaven is yours to experience right now as you live by his design in being poor in spirit, right? Right, because what scripture, the kingdom of heaven is, where is it at, Max? Max taught it last week. He mentioned this comment, it's at hand, which means anything with the, uh, that's at hand is within reach. It's obtainable for us. So Jesus is like dropping this in our pocket. He's like, guys, I, I, I'm great that you heard about me. That is so good. I'm so glad that you recognize that you don't want to go to hell. That's a bad option. Don't let there be two options. Come and see me. I'm thankful that you repented and that you have faith to believe in my in my birth and and and, and death and burial and resurrection and that you 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 stepped into that and you're you're saved. But Jesus is like, guys, I've got more for you. If you will live by my design and be poor in spirit and everything that I deposit in you, every anointing that you experience, every touch of God that you get. Come on, every encounter that you have, may that not may, may that may that shape you and mold you, but it may it may it also open up your eyes to see that there's still a deficiency and I've got I've got more than you'll ever be able to tap into. 
So if you'll live poor in spirit, he says that the kingdom of heaven is yours right now on earth. How awesome is that? I know. I got everybody smiling. You guys know I can't teach. It's not, I've tried, and it doesn't work. So I just got to preach, and then you could just go with me. Amen? Isn't God good? I love his word, guys. Come on. It's like it's so simple, but yet, you know, we're just like, we want to live our own thing, and then we want all the benefits of heaven. And Jesus is so good, he's like, guys, I love you so much, but I can't do that for you. Right? Like, here's what, I, here's what I've got. Follow my blueprint, and man, watch, watch, watch what you can experience. Just step into it. Amen. I have no idea where I'm at in my notes. But I will say this. I love this because blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is. You know what that means? It's present tense. It's right now. The kingdom of heaven. So Jesus says if you cultivate this attitude, this disposition of being poor in spirit, if you live that way, then the kingdom of heaven is yours and you'll encounter and experience more and more and more and more. Amen? One last thing. No matter how good it gets, this is never as good as it gets. I believe we are, I believe heaven is about to open in this place. And we've experienced heaven. And no matter how good it gets, that's never going to be as good as it gets. That's being poor in spirit. You guys good? Amen. Okay. Um, well, praise God. Number two, um, kind of tying together here, but um, I only have 30 minutes. I'm not doing good. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This doesn't mean blessed are those who sa are sad because life is hard. It's not what that means. I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit's our comforter to be there when we're just messed up. But blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Um, so, so put this together. Being poor in spirit, which is the first beatitude, which I won't go back into, speaks of how we see ourselves in comparison to all that he has for us, okay? So being poor in spirit is about seeing and mourning. The mourning, this second beatitude then, refers to how we feel about what we've seen being poor in spirit. So as we're poor in spirit, then blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So by being, by being poor in spirit, we see our great need, and then mourning, in our mourning, uh, is how we, how we feel, how we feel about, our great, about this great need. So blessed are those who mourn. So let me just say this real quick. For some reason, the church as a whole, doesn't feel like they're ever supposed to feel any pain. And I want to say, when you read this verse, it tells us that we're supposed to feel pain. That we're, we're supposed to feel the pain in the morning for what we 
see being poor in spirit in the lack of deficiency from what we have obtained from all that he has for us to go after. And not just us, but for our family and for our city and for our nation. And maybe I'll get into that. I have no idea. But this is where he has us at. Mourning is how we feel about our great need. Blessed are those who mourn. We feel pain. We feel pain. Uh, I know a lot of people that fit this, but I, don't, I honestly, honestly, I don't know anyone that fits this second um, um, beatitude more than my wife. I really don't. That woman carries such a heart for the more of God that it pains her. I have. I have stuff in my house with people's names on it. Most of your names are on it. I know if you're anywhere from the age of 12 to 25, your name's on it. I like the older people. She likes the younger people. Well, I love y'all. But there's poster board. And I guarantee you that she has been in our living room floor with tears running down her face in pain, in spiritual pain for, for you, for you, because she knows there's so much more. I guarantee you, every day, even now that she's in school and all this stuff's going on, I guarantee you, every morning that woman is in prayer for an hour in, in pain, crying out for our children because of the deficiency that she sees, even though we're so thankful for where they're at, but for the so much more that she wants them to be in. Amen? I've seen this in her, for her heart for the church, and I just feel, I feel like sometimes people even have a, have a hard time understanding her passion for it, because, I mean, is she not just thankful for how the church is doing? Like, is she not thankful for what we're experiencing? Man, trust me, there's no one more thankful than she is, but there's no one that has, that, that I know of that has touched heaven to a way that has seen what he has for us more than her and she will go through anguish and pain until she sees heaven moved on earth in this place come on that's morning that's 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 the morning that it's talking about right here blessed are those who mourn we feel pain but watch this i feel like this is where we struggle at just a little bit i gotta talk faster but it's not only pain. We're not just supposed to feel that all the time. But we still have confidence in God. It's pain and confidence that God's going to fulfill his word and it's going to come to pass. So we, 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 we feel the pain. We feel this, this mourning, this spiritual mourning. But we still contain joy in our spirit. Right? And that's the balance that we struggle with sometimes. Yeah, it's this, it's this being poor in spirit. It's the seeing, and then it's the feeling of the deficiency, but yet it's having the confidence of God, and it's having the joy of the Lord, but yet we're not just saying, okay, this is, good as gonna, it's, this is as good as it's going to get until Jesus comes back. No, there's still this deep cry of mourning, spiritual mourning. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those guys that will take time to come and weep at this altar. 
for the people we haven't even met yet that will that that understand the deficiency and they'll pay they'll pay whatever price is necessary they'll come. there are people that are here that are come one two three people and when there should be a hundred of us there's only three of them because they're because they're poor in spirit and they see the deficiency and they know the power in prayer they know the lives that have been changed by the names that have been written on that big poster board in my living room and I'm OCD it gets on my nerves I keep scooting it behind the TV thing a little bit I'm praying for y'all still I'm just saying I can see it but she understands me I'm just saying when this 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 being poor in spirit how much more do you want to happen in your family how much more do you want to happen in your children? How do you want your children to live? How much anointing do you want to involve? At what age do you want them walking in the glory of God? At what age do you want them to believe that they can hear his voice? Come on, somebody. At what age do you want a stirring in their soul where instead of watching cartoons, they'll be in that little that little Bible storybook reading, come on, man, about Daniel and the lion's den and ask you a question like, how much more? How much more anointing? How many more healings do we want to do? How many people do we want to set free? Like what cost are we willing to pay? And Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. But then he says, as you, as you begin to see that, there's going to be awakening and an anguish that, that begins to disrupt your heart and your soul. And you're going to feel pain. And you're not going to want to go do things that you used to be doing. And you're, wanna, you're just going to want to fall man between the porch and the altar and cry out to God that they can experience the fullness of his glory I this is a lot for a Wednesday night I'm really sorry I'm not sorry but you're like Pastor Scott we just came to learn some stuff and whoo I feel the glory of God I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. I feel revelation opening up layers on your heart. I can feel you beginning right now to even step in as you sit here and begin to grow in being poor in spirit. And even though you're thankful for your family upbringing and your church and your experiences, and where once you lost that, you lost that poor in spirit, and you lost that hope because other people didn't carry it. I can sense in my spirit that there's like a tearing and a ripping of that, of that hardened scar that Jesus is tearing open where you can begin to bleed again and become poor in spirit. Come on, somebody. And awakening, awakening the morning inside of you. I'm not going to be able to do it. I feel it. I feel it right now in every cell of my body. I'm willing to pay the price. I'm willing to fight all of hell that keeps ripping people out of the church. Ripping people. 
out of the kingdom of heaven. I'm willing to pay the price. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. There's both. Did I even talk about how there's joy? I'm, I'm, I'm joyful. Okay, praise God, just so that you know that. Both have a place in a believer's life in every step of the journey. And, and so, so the goal isn't to enter a level of joy where there's no mourning or the goal isn't to enter a level of mourning where there's no joy. Does that make sense? Because again, both of them play an important part of our journey. I'm mourning right now. couple weeks ago, I think I was preaching on righteousness, and it was so good, and I, and I, I felt good, but, but there, was a, there was a weight. I felt the weight. I felt the weight. I felt the weight of the heaviness of the Lord. And tonight, I feel that weight. I feel that long. I feel that calling for us to partner with him, and then yet I'm so full of joy for what he's doing. And the two partner together. Okay. Anyways, uh, I covered that. I'm not going to spend time on it. Mourning is for spiritual breakthrough. Flowing from what we see of being poor in the spirit, I covered that. Um, amen. Uh, I'll, I'll just say this just real quick, because I'm not going to probably get through anyways. But but this this is beautiful in regards to to this to this morning and but in in second corinthians chapter seven paul paul talks about godly sorrow and now everyone everyone grab a hold of this because i I know i've said a lot but don't miss this in because paul paul's talking about the same thing in in again in in second corinthians chapter seven it's like verses nine through 15 or something i don't know but he talks about this He, he talks about how how godly sorrow, mourning, that's mourning. Godly sorrow is mourning from the deficiency that we see in our life or in the life of the people that we love. So godly sorrow and how it produces repentance. So this is so powerful. If we get this from being poor in spirit and the, the, those, who, those who mourn, that understand that godly sorrow produces something in you. Like, I feel like God's producing something in me tonight. I believe he's producing something in you. And what it does is it produces repentance because it recognizes, it feels the pain of the lack. And in the pain of the lack, godly sorrow and, and, and spiritual mourning then produces repentance. And repentance turns you around. So it's what should happen. The pain should be, oh, this is just terrible, and then I go back and nothing changes. No, godly sorrow produces pr- uh, 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 repentance, and then it goes on and talks about how rep- re- repentance uh, uh, produces salvation. I don't believe that that just means the initial entrance into a, a relationship with Jesus. I believe that, 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 that means all that comes along with salvation. 
the healing and the wholeness and all of that. Amen. Isn't that good? So, so praise God. It produces repentance. Uh, it's a, and, and what is repentance? Ultimately, it's a commitment to wholeheartedness. So, so, so then this, real quick, in, in 2 um, Corinthians chapter 7, in verse 11, uh, Paul, Paul says that, that their godly sorrow or mourning, that it produces diligence. So this, this being poor in spirit, what we see, can lead us to step into spiritual mourning. And this mourning not only will, will, will lead, that, that it leads to repentance and us turning towards Him in a greater way, but that it produces, that it produces diligence. Amen? Come on. When I read that, I just thought, you know what we have today? We have a whole lot, whole lot of acceptance. There's a whole lot of, of acceptance in the Western church. Instead of mourning uh, Jeremy for what's not lining up with God and leading to his fullest, it's just acceptance. And that acceptance doesn't lead to repentance, and it sure doesn't lead to diligence. It leads the other way. But Jesus is so good in his word and how he tells us, man, that, that man... This it's just so good, but God, we need more. We need more mourning and less acceptance into our lives. Not accepting that we've got to just be satisfied. Not accepting just this little sin or this little compromise or whatever it is. Come on. I want to have confidence and joy in what I have, and I want to, I want to mourn for that which I've not yet experienced so that I can go deeper. Confidence and gratefulness and joy, and then yet mourning for the more of God. Come on. Everybody good? So let's hit number three. I'm going to, I have more, but I'm just going to just do what I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me to do on each one. And uh, <clears throat> he'll show you. He showed me. He'll show you. We have the same, same one. So then the third one in verse 5, uh, this one's a little, uh, a little tougher. But it says, uh, blessed are the meek, not the weak, but blessed are the meek, for they'll inherit the earth. I'm going to pause and just make a side note and say we, we're experiencing less and less meekness more and more in the days that we're facing but we need to begin to see more and more meekness in the church. Blessed are the meek, vibrant in spirit, full, for they shall inherit the earth. Amen. So I want you to think of this this way. Poor in spirit is the awareness of our lack or deficiency of what God has for us before him, before God, okay? And meekness is the awareness of our lack before people. Before people. Uh, how am I going to explain this? A um, couple, couple of different ways to look at this. One, first... We have need of people around us. Amen? I need you guys. 
I need what you carry. We need everyone in this body, everyone that's part of this house. We need them. We need, we need all these young people sitting down here on this front row on Sundays. I need them. I need them. Because when I feel like you guys are all mad, they're usually smiling. They help me. I need what they carry. Come on, somebody. Right? We're all gifted as part of how the body fluctuates. So when you look at meekness, this is where things can get off just a little bit. But, but we have need of people. We're not, we're not, we're not self-contained. Well, the Holy Spirit's given me revelation. Well, guess what? The person next to you has the Holy Spirit too. He's given them revelation. So they can, they can learn and take what he's given you, and you need to be willing to take and learn what he's given them. I believe our seniors can teach our children, and I believe our children have something to teach our seniors in everything in between. And when you begin to see that that way, there's meekness in that. Amen? Okay? So when you, anywho, we, we all carry something for one another. So it's, it's, it's rec- recognizing this is meekness. It's meekness. All right? And then it's the, it's the revelation of his ownership. And this is probably, I feel like, kind of the heart of it. But um, you dig into it. He'll show you more. Again, it's, it's like layer upon layer upon layer, each one of them. And I'm, not, I'm just scratching them tonight. But, but meekness, uh, it's, it's the revelation of his ownership over everything that he has given us. Our finances, our, our ministry, our talent, um, our, our influence, whatever that it is. Whatever that it is. That, that, that it's the revelation of his ownership of it. And so the meek, the meek understands that. And, and they understand that it all belongs to him, right? Right? Like it all belongs to him. I'm thankful because I don't want this to belong to me or else I would have to uphold it and take care of it. But it all belongs to him. I'm just here to serve with him. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just an instrument that he's using. Everything that happens here is his. It's his. It's his church. It's his. Every ministry is his, right? He birthed our school. He birthed our school in, in 99. We launched in 2000, the preschool, uh, BCS in 2006. It's such a beautiful school. We, we need a few teachers right now. And I've done this long enough now, but I'm like, if, if, if I was the owner of that, I would be a little bit frantic right now because we're going to need a teacher here after fall break. But I'm not the owner of it. I'm just a manager that he put in place, right? It's his. It's his. I'm going to follow him, but not only is it his, and he'll help fulfill that responsibility, but it's his in the realm that he gets all the glory for it. Amen? So this is, this is, part of, this is just part of meekness. And so um, to, to put it simple, maybe just in a statement, meekness is having power over your selfishness, and over your preoccupation with yourself. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's not funny. It is, but it's not. But it's a struggle. Meekness. Having power over your selfishness. But you guys, that's not us, other people. And your preoccupation with yourself. Um, it takes it takes the power of God to do that. Because I believe selfishness is in our flesh nature that we have to kill every day. So I'm laughing at that, but I'm like, that's real though. 
Like, that's real. That's real in, in all of us. And so it's, it takes the power of God to do that because, again, we, we want to we wanna complain somewhat when, when things are low or we didn't get that ministry position or we didn't get that raise or this didn't happen or whatever that it was. And then, and then we want to take ownership of our great efforts when things are high. Like that's, those are our two of our natural streams. But if you really think about it, in both ways, in both concepts and thought processes, we're preoccupied with ourselves, right? We just are. But that's where so much of life, life flows from this, man. It's just, it's, come on, God, help us. He knew this. That's why, that's why Jesus preached this message and gave us this blueprint. And so the essence of meekness is rooted in who you are preoccupied with. The essence of meekness is rooted in who you are preoccupied with. The meek are preoccupied with Jesus as their source, and he's the owner of everything that they have, right? And so they, 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 they're grateful, and they have a, a servant spirit. The meek are always grateful for no matter what the outcome is because they know it all belongs to God, right? And he's in control. So he's the one that's going to get them where they need to go, and he's the one that's going to provide for it. So there's always a spirit of gratitude in the meek. And in that and out of that, then, there's always a servant spirit to be used by him, meekness. The other side of that is when we're preoccupied with ourselves um, and we're not operating in meekness, we deserve more, right? I've been here before. We all, we all probably have. But then we deserve more. We have a sense of entitlement, um, and the result of that is we complain and demand things. I demand more privilege. I demand more power. I demand more honor. Um, because Lord knows great has been my achievement and my dedication. Right? Is that too hard? Okay. How I many know it's the truth? And we've all faced that. It, be, um, <clears throat> it becomes like what, what we've done and what we have to offer. You'll always feel entitled when you're preoccupied with yourself and things are about you. It's about you. It's about what was done to you or what wasn't done to you, what you got, what you didn't get, all these different things. Attached to that will be entitlement, all these things that I talked about. Come on, man. And then we end up in this nasty place. There's not a vibrant spirit in that mindset. God knew that. He knew that. He knew we couldn't reflect him in that way, nor could he release what he needs to release from us when we're living in that way. And let's be honest, sometimes it's easy to get there because a lot of the things that God calls us to do, there's a high cost to it, and we sacrifice a lot for it, but it's never about us, right? That's meekness. That's meekness. Everything that I have, everything that I've gained, and every source that's been behind me for that to happen is from the Lord. 
and he deserves all the glory and my gratitude. Amen? You guys good? That one feel like that one kind of dropped a little heavier than the other two. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Everybody say servitude, servanthood. Amen. I got one more, but it's, uh, it's just a couple minutes till, and it's on hungering and thirsting for righteousness. So I'm just going to, you guys fool? Is that good for tonight? Yeah. Probably shouldn't always say the things that's on my mind, but I feel like my, you know, like within myself, like I, like I long to be poor in spirit, and um, I want to mourn for the things of God. I don't know how meek we want to be. Is the meekness causes us to fully die to our flesh, as the other do, the other two do as well. Just that's just what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. So I just want more of it because I don't want any of me to be in the way. Amen. I do know and understand many anything good that happens out of my life is because of Him. And every good thing that I have is from him. And what I get and what I don't get is all in his control. And I'll be grateful no matter what. And everything that I do, I want him to receive glory for it. Amen. I want to live with that mindset. I want to be so grateful and so thankful for everything that he's done and everything we've experienced, even up, even up to tonight in this class. And then yet, I want to be able to recognize, recognize the deficiency for how much more that he still has for us to obtain and be poor in spirit. And not just for me, but I want to I want to I want to recognize that and feel that for my family. And then I want to feel that for our church, and then I really want to feel that for our community. And then I'm thinking, well, let's not stop. Let's go ahead and go for the host city. And then well, if not, then let's just go ahead. Why don't Indiana just be marked off for the glory of God? Then I think, well, if he can take a state I just want to see that deficiency, and I want, it, I want it to begin to then move my heart into this place of spiritual mourning where I can begin to feel the pain. You know what happens when you're feeling that pain? When you're driving through a city and you see the darkness in it? You, or you pray for your kids, or you got people that you love you're connected with, and you, you know they love God, but then you, you, you see them living in compromise, and you see how he's got so much more. You know where that pain is? We're just catching a glimpse of the Father's heart for humanity. I think, man, if we're going to become anything good, we've got to catch a glimpse of the Father's heart and what he feels for humanity. Amen? And I think meekness was just come right alongside of that. Hidden God, good. You guys got anything to say? No. Are you shocked or are we good? He was. Yeah, 
I know. I know. And then he's so good because he knew the areas that we would struggle in. And he's saying, guys, this is what you got to do. And because he loves us so much, then he attached these promises to it, right? It's like, yeah, I guess we needed that apple hanging out there. <laughs> and he gave, us, he gave us these promises that I, I don't know about you, but these, I want to see all three of these first promises fulfilled in my life and in your life, amen. And, he, and he'll do it because how many know he's faithful to what he said? And so pray for me. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm preaching on Sunday. I don't know if I'm going to be preaching on more of this. Then if I, should I preach on some of what I gave you tonight? Or would you guys not want to hear that? I'm just, I don't even know. I just, he's just, all I can tell you is in all these years of ministry, um, my heart's moved, man. And so I'm just going to listen to him. So just be praying for me so I can hear him rightly and we'll go where he wants us to go. But uh, Lord willing, next Wednesday we'll pick up with number uh, four and then and move on, and then we'll get through the two other uh, two chapters. But Lord, I love you. I thank you for my family, and I just I bless each and every one of them. I thank you for bringing them into my life. I thank you that we get to run together. We pray tonight, God, over the revelation of these beatitudes, Lord. Holy Spirit, we invite you right now. Help us to grow in being poor in spirit. Help us. I pray for an awakening in each one of us right now, Lord Jesus, that we wouldn't be distracted by the things of this world and just become content with what's around us and what we're experiencing. But I pray for a burning and awakening and a fire in the very core being of our soul that will open up our eyes, Lord, to be grateful for what we've experienced, Lord, but God, that it would bring that awakening, that it would stir in us to see the deficiency of how much more you have for us, that we could see the target, Lord, and the promises and the prizes that are ahead of us. And God, let that just begin to align our hearts with yours and let us feel the pain. Let us begin to feel the pain. God, raise up your prayer warriors as they begin to feel the pain of what they see in that deficiency, God. And let the mourners begin to arise. Let us begin to spiritually mourn and cry out to you, God. Let our heart be conformed to yours. And Lord, we pray for meekness to arise. We pray that we would step into meekness. We pray that we would truly be able to crucify our flesh, that, that we wouldn't live amongst ourselves, that our thought life and our process and our emotions wouldn't be based on me, 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 but it would be based on you, God. Lord, awaken meekness in our hearts and help us to reflect you in all that we do for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you. Bless you. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time, 